Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. I'm your host, Clint Davis. I'm a marriage and family therapist and licensed professional counselor trained in trauma and addiction. The Asking Why podcast is for anyone on a journey of healing and restoration. If you are searching for answers to life's questions and want to learn more about root causes from a psychological and theological mix, this show is for you. In this podcast, myself and a co-host from Clint Davis Counseling and Integrative Wellness will interview guests on a wide range of topics in order to get down to the heart of the problems facing our world and understand why things happen and how to change the world and ourselves for the better. Want to learn more tips and tricks to living a healthy lifestyle? Visit us at Clint Davis Counseling and Integrative Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to meet our staff or book a speaker, go to clintdaviscounseling.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe today. Okay, welcome to the Asking Why podcast. I'm your host, Clint Davis, um, and I'm laughing because we just did a mess up and are restarting it. Um, we're on episode 58, and we did 58 episodes without any screw-ups on the intro, so uh, that's, a pretty good, that's a good, pretty good number. So thanks for coming back. We got Brandy Walker with us today. Um, she's one of our counselors here at Clint Davis Counseling and Integrative Wellness. She's an awesome therapist, and she came to talk about grief a while back on the podcast, and it was a fantastic episode. We got tons of good feedback. Several clients came in because of the podcast, so hats off to you, Brandy, for doing it. No, no pressure on this one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to the podcast. Um, we're going to talk a little bit today about chronic pain. So there are a lot of people that are out there um, who suffer with chronic pain, who have injuries, who have sickness, who have illness, who have these, uh, this pain that just continues to stay with us either all their life or most of their life. And Brandy's worked with that a lot. Um, I've worked with it some. And so we just thought it'd be a great episode to kind of cover. And hopefully for listeners, um, it can two things. One, if you struggle with chronic pain, we're going to hopefully give you some empathy and some understanding and validation. And then two, if you're a person who supports someone who struggles with chronic pain, we hope to kind of give you some insight and some wisdom and some support too. So that's kind of the goal. Um, so Brandy, tell us for people who didn't maybe listen to the last podcast, who you are and, and why you're here and. Yeah. Okay. So I thought about this because <clears throat> the last two times I gave two different pieces of like my story and I was like, I'm going to condense it and get it right this time. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I mean, I'm here. I'm a counselor. I work at Clint Davis Counseling. Um, but my story is a little bit kind of new as teenager in high school that I wanted to do counseling. <clears throat> And through different events in life, by the time I got to the point that I could go to college, I decided I wasn't going to college. Mm. And then through other events in life, I decided it was time to go to college, but I wouldn't listen to anybody talk about anything. So I changed my major multiple times. I tried all kinds of different things. And ultimately, once I got some things figured out, I was like, yep, I'm supposed to be a counselor. Mm. And I finally got on the path. Nice. And that's why it took me <clears throat> 10 years to do <laughs> my school career because I was jumping around from thing to thing and, and right. finally honed in and got it knocked out. So Yeah, and I would <laughs> say that's probably, you know, you know, I hear you say like that's, you know, like a bad thing, but that's really what most people do. Well, no, not a bad thing. I just think had I gone with my original, what I felt and not let life circumstance and, and, but of course that's like, you mean you knew you wanted to do counseling, but then you kind of 
avoided that? Uh, yes, to a degree. Gotcha. Because of other things that had happened in my life, I was like, mm -mm. Yeah. I'm not listening to anybody else's problems. I can't even deal with my own gotcha. type thing. Yeah. And, um, but of course, that's kind of the age I was too. You know, when you're young, you. No, oh, it's overwhelming. Absolutely. And so. I still can't believe people <clears throat> listen to me about stuff. <laughs> oh. And then, you know, I finally was like, well, I don't know why you're avoiding this. None of these other things have worked. This, those right. are not the path. This is the path. Yeah. And you've known it since you were, you know. 14 15 so just come on That's <laughs> let's funny. get it done i was kind of the same way i mean i remember being in junior high uh you know junior high high school and my friends would come to me and ask me like relationship advice and mm -hmm. like they were dating and having sex and doing all kinds of stuff and telling me about it and at the time i wasn't you know doing any of that and so i'm like giving them advice and i have no clue what i'm doing but it was just kind of that whatever and then i remember taking a psych class <clears> and it was the first time i just nailed something and got an a just with no effort Right. And then I was like, I'm not going to school for like seven years, though. You know, I'm going to get out and be a rad tech. I'm going to make $35,000 and be super successful and take, you know, take three years of school and be done. You know, and you know, your brain's just, you're just an idiot. You know, you're just a <laughs> 19, 18, 19, 20 year old right. idiot. You know, so I was in the same boat. It, yeah. I jumped around, but life, uh, life smacks you and God yeah. takes you where he wants you to be. Yeah. And, you know, coming here, working at Clint Davis Counseling is like what, I had always envisioned what this was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Now it took a long time to to get here. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> I, pay, I paid Brandy to say that. <laughs> no, it's like so true. Um, you know, I worked in a lot of different settings where I learned a great deal of things, but like this is where you actually get to do the stuff, the stuff, the yeah. real counseling. <laughs> yeah, what you see in the movies. <laughs> Similar, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Our clients are a lot more amazing than the, the clients in the movies. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, we love having you, and it's, it's you know, you're one of my favorite people to send people to because I can, I mean, everybody on staff, but, you know, you, you particularly in, with grief and with pain and with those things, like I always know I can send people to you and you're going to knock it out of the park, so. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's huge. I mean, it's a huge in our field, um, you know, trusting people, having people come in to see people wanting to see you wanting to see somebody else. And you have to say, Hey, listen, I know this person's good. <clears throat> Me being able to just text you or text our other therapist and send them somebody without hesitation, man, there's no better feeling in the world. Instead of for a lot of people listening, right? They go on psychology today. They try to find somebody and they're like, who do I trust? Who do I share this stuff with? Who, who's going to understand me and see me? And, they don't know what the letters are. The, and everybody, I mean, that's the crazy part. Somebody was saying that this week, a client was saying something like, therapists need to stop putting what, you know, I do all these things if they don't. Mm -hmm. You know, but people will put, oh, I do sex addiction or I do grief or I do whatever, but they have zero training in those things. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm proud <laughs> of you and I appreciate you being here. Um, okay, so tell me a little bit about why why chronic pain came up and, and how that plays into what you want to talk about today. Well, so, <clears throat> again, kind of like all the other podcasts I've done, it's a personal type thing that yeah, cause you've got done two me interested. This. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Uh, grief and then the living with an alcoholic. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that yeah. one was, yeah. Yeah. And then, so this is, you know, another, I just find that I work well with the things I've experienced. <clears throat> Not now. I haven't experienced chronic pain personally, but family members. Yeah. My mother is got many things that cause chronic pain. 
and then I have a sister-in-law that deals with chronic pain and so it's kind of our whole family we work around those issues and so I've had kind of firsthand experience with supporting and being a part of figuring out that, that out so my mother was completely healthy you know and then things happened and within a matter of days mm-hmm. uh, completely different person and so we've been figuring that out for years and then I started seeing it in my office <clears throat> with different people and then just kind of thought this is really an area where people don't they don't even know the kind of support they need mm-hmm. and just based on what I was learning and what we were figuring out I started talking to other people about those things and it's just an an area where I feel led to offer support yeah and really and truly there's a lot of things that happen with chronic pain that are very similar to grieving so they're very close in relation yeah um, as far as some of the ways you can work with it so that's it's like a living grief yes yeah i mean there is living grief Mm -hmm. but then i think the the pain the constant pain that keeps you from everything keeps you in that haze and we'll talk about that some but Mm -hmm. you know it's um Mm -hmm. it constantly keeps you in a state of living grief of missing the life you had before you were hurting Mm -hmm. right so i think that's the similarity is if this wouldn't happen or if this wouldn't if i wouldn't have done this or if i'd attained if it's a you know personal injury if i did not walk that way or worn those shoes or turn left right. or put my pressure on that table or I'm, I'm saying you know these very specific things that i've worked with mm-hmm. where people were perfectly fine did something totally normal got super hurt and mm-hmm. then for from then on you know i had a problem i had a client who uh hurt their shoulder and i was telling you before we got on here i tweaked my shoulder yesterday mm-hmm. and it's like um and they were, um, you know, they were out of a thing they loved. They were, you know, nobody understood it. People were like, oh, just get over it or stop being, you know, whatever. And that was really stressful and the pressure and, you know, it caused a lot of problems for four or five, six years, mm-hmm. you know, of trying to get over that injury. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very difficult. And people, like you said, people don't really understand there's not a culture of support. Right. You know, I think that's a theme. I mean, we're, what, 58 podcasts in and it's like, Every one of these, it's so sad how little we as a culture support each other in mm-hmm. all these issues. Right. It's always like the problem. There's not a culture of support. You mm-hmm. know? And it's like, man, we need to do a better job. <laughs> right. So define chronic pain. What, what is that? So people you know, understand if they don't understand. Okay. So I wrote this down so I'd get yeah, it right. Um, okay. So chronic pain is recurring or ongoing pain that lasts more than three months. The pain... Like, there's no degree of pain you have to have to be considered chronic pain. Right. Um, so, like, on a 3 to 10 scale, it could be 3, but all the time, constant. Right. Yep. Right. Or it could be 10, all the time, and constant. Right. Or so, basically, basically, it's persistent or goes away, and every time you do certain things, that pain comes back. Mm-hmm. But it has to have lasted. You know, it's acute if it goes away and doesn't come back within right. three months. but beyond that it's kind of that's what kind of the definition yeah. <laughs> yeah gotcha yeah so if people were thinking about it chronic pain is that thing that like it's not just one injury that hurts for a few months and then it goes away forever it's it's the constant and then you get a little bit of a reprieve but as soon as you do something it's back and then it's nagging you for three or four more months and then right yeah or or you don't ever get a reprieve or the reprieve mm-hmm. very short yeah. mm-hmm. 
Cool. So what are some of kind of the, the most normal things we see in chronic pain? Like what are some of the typical things that people deal with? So um, low back pain is like the highest. Yeah. Um, but then you have shoulder pain, headaches, um, cancer, arthritis, fibromyalgia. Those are all like the kind of the, the top numbers um, mm-hmm. of things that qualify for chronic pain. Of course, there's lots of other things, but those are kind of the major ones. Yeah, those are the major ones. Yeah, I know <clears throat> low back pain's a big deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I tweaked my back, what, I don't remember, when, five or six weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I literally, like, couldn't get to the toilet. JC's having to carry me. By the time I get back to the bed, I'm laying there, and I just start crying because I'm just so overwhelmed and frustrated. Right. And right. I have no clue how long it's going to last. I think that's the hard part, right? It's like you get an injury, something happens, and I've never been incapacitated like I was then. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, helpless. Mm-hmm. And I'm in my brain, I'm like, this is a Saturday. I'm not going to be able to go to work Sunday. I mean, Monday, like how long am I going to be out? What clients do I have to cancel? What meetings do I have to cancel? What speaking events do I have to cancel? You know, like, right. and that's, and that was gone. You know, luckily for me, it was like, you know, a little three week recovery and chiropractor and massage and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But when that happens and it's six months, three years, right. forever. Yeah. Yeah. It starts to be maddening, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What kind of clients have you had or is there any stories you can give that are specific? Um, <clears throat> I have a lot of different clients now. I have um, some that their pain is from surgeries. Mm -hmm. And while the surgeries helped, they are left in pain. Yeah. Um, Well, that's a big one that's tough. mm Mm-hmm. You know, because people, I mean, I I think a lot of the natural people I work with would say, do not let anybody cut on you if you can. Right. But I've worked with personal injury cases where they're, you know, they're in a lawsuit and, and they're like, no, go, you know, this hurts, get this thing or get this ablation or do whatever. Right. And yeah, it gives it a break for a little bit, but mm-hmm. sometimes it can make it way worse. Right. Um, and then there's the people that have like the degenerative um, joint disease mm. and bones, just stuff that there's nothing, surgery can't fix it. Yeah. Medicine doesn't fix it. It's just the way your body is doing um i have actually have several clients that have and a lot of people have never heard of this this is a unique one it's called ehler stanlos syndrome okay and i have multiple families it's a genetic Mm. thing and it causes um it's like your your i guess it's the joints your joints are so elasticy that over time they stop holding things in place like mm-hmm. they're supposed to. And <clears throat> like you, different types of movement can cause your body to get out of alignment mm. fairly easily. I mean, they're, they're an ongoing pain all the time from just walking, moving, yeah, different things. Um, it's been a very interesting one, which I've learned quite a bit about because I've had full whole families that have it mm-hmm. um and it's yeah another type of scenario and this is a more recent one that i've started learning about is um it's called dystonia okay and it deals with your muscles and your nerves but it causes your wherever you have it um 
that part of your body does not work the way it's supposed to. It's like the messages mm. to that part of the body don't signal right. Um, like something when it's in your legs, you end up either walking on your tiptoes, having to walk with a cane, causes balance issues, but it can be in different parts of your body. Gotcha. And so that's a newer one that um, yeah, I've never heard of that. I'm working with yeah. a client that has it. <clears throat> yeah. And so what are, what are some of the things that you, we, so we know what we name what some of those things are chronic pain issues, but what are some of the, when somebody has lower back pain, when somebody has these issues, how mm -hmm. does that affect their, so let's talk systemically, right? Let's, mm -hmm. it's an individual. What's that effect? Mm -hmm. Well, so like meaning like their life, their life. Open -ended. Okay. Yeah. Like okay. how, to, how, like I well, want people to understand if they're, if they, let, let's say lower back pain or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, let's look at it at a micro and then we'll kind of macro it out. Right. So typically when we're in pain, we, um, that causes us to be tense, feel more stressed, which means more, we're more irritable and we want to do whatever is necessary to make that stop. So a lot of times we stop doing certain activities. Mm -hmm. So it may mean we, we don't exercise the same, which in turn has its own set of issues. Um, like with back pain, sometimes that means you can't stand on your feet as long, so maybe you stop cooking. You um, stop being able to do a lot of day-to-day tasks in the way you used to. Mm -hmm. And so then that can begin to spiral out of control or feel like it's spiraling out of control. Absolutely. And then that peaks your stress and causes anxiety which causes your body to hurt mm -hmm. and so it's like this cycle yeah that begins yeah. to happen absolutely so you got the physical pain that happens the injury the focus on that then then the grief you talked about earlier that comes in and goes oh my gosh i have to change my life and do things differently right constantly right then i stop doing some of the things that are self-care let's say that are you know exercising cooking inter engaging interacting traveling and then all of a sudden now my body's starting to get worn out and then my cortisol goes up and my dopamine and all those things get jacked up. And so then I start feeling depressed or anxious. Mm -hmm. And then I would say from a Christian perspective, I think people tend to then start either being mad at God or wondering or shaming themselves of like, why do I deserve this? You know, I deserve this. Sure. And so then they, you know, they feel lost and hopeless in that area too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so that's the individual. And then, so if that person's mm -hmm. in a family or in a marriage mm -hmm. or at a business, what's, mm -hmm. what happens then? Well, so then it's a, it's an adjustment process. And if the people around you aren't adjusting, mm -hmm. then that's going to cause more conflict. And when you're in a family, it means that other people may have to do things that they haven't done before mm. because that person just, they just are not capable in the same way. Um but brain people a, don't like to change. No, they don't. <laughs> no, and a lot of times people don't like to do things that they think another person should be able to do. Oh, talk to me about that. <laughs> so, yeah, so when people have chronic pain, that happens a lot, right? Sure, because a lot of times it's not outwardly visible. Mm -hmm. And so... If you cut your leg off, right? Right. Which people have to do, mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. have a little more empathy for you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But if your lower, lower back hurts and you look like you were walking fine yesterday, mm -hmm. 
Right. Yeah. And so, and I think it's just, and when we just get used to the roles that we're in, mm-hmm. and again, we don't like we we don't want to have to do more mm-hmm. a lot of times. Um, and so it's it's just it's a challenging thing. Absolutely. Because you have you have to be willing to try to understand it and learn about it and see it for what it is, not for what it might look like. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like we're talking to the people who are on the outside of the chronic pain, right? Mm -hmm. So what would you say to them? How can they, if they have somebody in their life who seems to be in chronic pain, who, who can't get better, who's what they would say is just being lazy, you know, whatever. Right. What would you say to them? How do they get to, how do they empathize? I think you have you have to remind yourself a lot that you're not in that person's body, mm-hmm. um, and just because you don't physically understand what it feels like doesn't mean it's not real or it's not happening. Um, it requires a lot of empathy, and I think sometimes, I mean, I have to remind myself sometimes. Because I'll get frustrated over certain situations, and then after I calm down, I'm like, okay, this is just what it is, Mm -hmm. and this is what we have to do, type thing. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to do we believe that that person's being genuine and sincere in their pain? Mm -hmm. And I think when we're exhausted and they're exhausted, it's easy to kind of go, well, they can do more. Right. Or they're being lazy. Right. Well, and then you get into when it's gone on for a really long time, it's not even about believing. It's just you want it, you wish it was different. Mm. You, you're tired of obstacles or things. And, and so you might be getting frustrated just because you wish it was different. Definitely. Yeah. When we, uh, when Grady had really bad food allergies, my oldest, um, you know, JC was having to be super limited with their diet and could only feed him certain things and and you know there was part of me internally it was like it's not this bad like come like it was this rage of like mm-hmm. it, there's no way it's that's ridiculous mm-hmm. you know but that was what it was like right that, you know she didn't make it up you know like <laughs> he had the food allergies and that was mm-hmm. the case but yeah you you have this desperate feeling when you're exhausted too when you're on the outside mm-hmm. um maybe it's not like this you know maybe it's not as bad and you feel tricked or you feel scared that is there any movement that we can make that makes this easier for everybody? Right. And then we start focusing on that instead of the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What, um, <clears throat> what would you say to the person who's in chronic pain? How could they communicate better or more or more helpful to the people that are helping them? So I think, <clears throat> I mean, it's a journey that they have to go on and, they more than anyone else have to adjust, accept, recognize that they're not the same person they were before this happened to them. And that doesn't make them less than or doesn't change the fact that they can do things. They just have to figure out how to get things accomplished in the best way they can without adding more harm to themselves. Mm -hmm. And... So, I mean, I would just say it's, it's, you have to learn to have patience with yourself. Yeah. And that can be, 
I mean, we're the most critical on ourselves. Absolutely. So, I mean, it really is a lesson in learning how to care for yourself. Definitely. And, um, I mean, I would definitely just encourage people, as much as there are days you feel like giving up, don't. It's about regrouping. It's about looking at it from different perspectives. It's about learning to ask for help. Um, which can be really hard and mm-hmm. admitting that I can no longer do this thing on my own. Why do you think that's hard? Because we live in a society where you, you individuality is so important and doing it on your own. We're not like a team society. It's, mm-hmm. it's you have to carve out your path. You have to be independent. You have to figure it all out with a smile on your face all the time. Yeah. And yeah. so it, when you begin not being able to do that, it's this internal struggle and battle of who am I now? What mm. does this mean? Identity shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a huge issue. I mean, that's a great point, and that's a huge issue we have just in life in general where, you know, pe- you know, what is people's identity mm-hmm. and where they find it? And if it's not found in Christ, if it's not found in being enough because you are adopted, right, you are saved, you are righteous, you are all these things, then you, you do find it in your ability to work, your ability to provide money, your ability to have sex and please your spouse, your ability to you know, do all the things that are the day-to-day, what we take for granted and forget about. And mm-hmm. when those things fall <laughs> apart, man, if you don't have any foundation, then, it, you know, it's a, a thousand times worse. Right. It's what I see clinically is that it's hard enough when you have chronic pain in general. Mm-hmm. But I, I've seen people who handle it really well mm-hmm. because they had a foundation and they have good community and their identity is not in all those things as strongly. I mean, all of us struggle with that. Right. Is that do you, do you feel like that's accurate? Yes, I think that's true. Um, I definitely think sometimes the individual themselves handles it better than the people around them. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking about that foundation, when they have that foundation, I think that person can begin to adjust and figure things out. But the expectations of all the people, like all the things they used to do, mm-hmm. other people don't shift as Quickly. quickly and easily yeah. to that. Yeah. <clears throat> no, it's true. I, I think not, obviously there's a spectrum. We always talk about any of this. There's a wide spectrum, but, um, yeah, all I can talk about is our, my experiences, but with, uh, with my brother Dustin, when he died of brain cancer or when he was going through brain cancer stuff, he, uh, he, he, you know, he was writing his journal every day. He was praising worship. He was loving God. And, and you know, he's 26. I'm like, man, there ain't no way that's the, my attitude. I mean, I hope to God that would be my attitude, mm-hmm. but I don't think it would. You know, and, you know, there was a lot of stuff in our family that was difficult to deal with, and people got exhausted, and people, the ups and downs of remission and not remission, and cancer's back and not back, and, you know, all these kind of things. And, yeah, there's a lot of projection of people's views and opinions of what he could have been doing and they could have been doing. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you just have no clue. Right. <clears throat> You know, and all, all you can do is learn to set the boundaries that you can you can set and say yes to the things you can say yes to and no. And and I think that's a hard tension, mm-hmm. you know, when people are suffering, when people are in pain. Right. And another piece to it is what works one day to ease pain, relieve stress, may not work 
the next day. Yeah, that's a great or, point. You know, and so it's a constant, like, trying to figure out the balance. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is the maddening part, right? Is like something works for a little while, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden everybody gets adjusted to it. Right. They think they have a system, and they can relax, and then boom. Mm-hmm. We've got to switch it up, and then everybody's got to switch up with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, care, you know, like uh, somebody who's got chronic pain who needs 24-hour care or 12-hour care or whatever. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit, how that tends to be difficult? Well, that is, um, I mean, that is, I mean, it's like having a baby except this person is an adult and you Mm -hmm. have to, there's a different level of, um, like, respect and I'm not sure what word I'm looking for, but it's like this person was either your parent or your equal or mm-hmm. someone. And so you, you don't want to, um, like take away their dignity or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. or their ability to do certain things. Yet at the same time, sometimes it would be easier if you could, cause then you could get things done more quickly or, yeah. but I think when you're in that position and you're like, especially if you're the sole caregiver, you have to find your own support. Mm-hmm. You you cannot totally give up everything about your life, even though it's super hard to hang on to those things. But if you give them all up, you have nothing that's giving back to you, so you, you stay depleted. Yeah. Man, that happens so much, too. It does. People feel bad about going and exercising and eating right, and taking care of themselves, and taking a break because their you know their right. loved ones dying or hurting or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they just both get miserable. Right, and that ultimately can cause the person that's caring for the other one to make themselves susceptible to illness. Oh yeah, because you, I mean, we can as humans. We're capable of a lot, but we can only push so far for so long without breaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember um, when Dustin was getting, you know, really, really sick, and he was his prefrontal, his glioblastoma, so it was in his prefrontal, so he started being real personality-wise, you know, different. And I remember we were out to eat one time, and he had come, and he was just being real obnoxious. He was obnoxious anyway. God bless him. I loved him, <laughs> you know, in a good way. Mm-hmm. It was, like, not in a good way. And I remember feeling like, oh, man, when is this going to be over? You know, like, so that we don't have to, you know, everybody was just kind of like walking on eggshells. And uh, then I felt horrible for thinking it, you know, but that's the kind of stuff we think. Mm-hmm. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we get exhausted and we're tired and mm-hmm. um, we just want it. We just want the pain to end, the suffering to end, the change to end, the, you know. Yeah. And some people that gets extended for years and years and years and years. Yes. Which, I mean, this is kind of a segue. I didn't talk about this in the intro, but. My grandfather had a stroke that paralyzed him where he could only use one arm. Mm-hmm. And my mom and my grandmother took care of him for 17 years. Oof. And while my mother developed her illness in the midst of all of that, and she continued to do that. But that was a another challenging thing because <clears throat> he could not be left alone. Mm-hmm. My mother was the sole caregiver. I mean, my grandmother was this old caregiver. My mother came in to assist her, and he was so particular that only certain people could stay with him and my grandmother and mom be able to leave the house. So Mm. it was constantly this juggling act. And, I mean, by the time it... 
towards the end of all of that, my grandmother just broke down and ultimately passed away before he did. Wow. And then we had to make other choices. And mm, I mean, so hard, it's Brandy. just, it is. I mean, and, and my mother was an only child, so she was handling it all herself. Whew. And <laughs> yeah. With, the, I mean, yeah. We supported her the best that we could. Yeah, but, but you were the kids. Right. And we mm-hmm. have full time jobs and wives. And can't, yeah, couldn't be there in well, the way that we would have liked to have been able to be there. Yeah. I mean, that, Kylie, that's so, <laughs> such a telling part, right? It's like, it also shows how chronic pain can cause or injury can cause like generational trauma. Mm-hmm. And ep- the epigenetics of passing all that stuff down. And then systemically, oh, well, my mom's supposed to be taking care of me. Right, mm-hmm. giving me attention, mm-hmm. attachment, attunement, all that stuff as a kid. But instead, she's sick, and she's sick from burning herself out, taking care of our grandfather. You know, and then we're sick. You know, we've talked about that before on mm-hmm. other episodes. Just mm-hmm. like our own junk and issues and lens in which we see the world through, and and that's what brings us to therapy. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what makes us come in here is we have to, and and you know, if you're listening, and uh, I forget we're doing the podcast sometimes, <laughs> we just get you know the talk's good, but like. You know, if you're listening to this and um, and this is making sense or you see these patterns in your own life, that's kind of the point of coming into therapy and dealing with it is that and not until you sit down and you can slow down and look at the pieces and see how, I mean, most of the time you're just in survival mode. Mm-hmm. Somebody passes away mm-hmm. and bam, all of a sudden the grief comes in and then you have time to process like whose fault's what who's responsible for what where did I burn myself out and extend myself I'm mad at them about it I I see this a lot in my own life but in other other people's lives like at least in my personality I extend myself too much on my own nobody asked me to do it but I want to be the helper and I extend myself too much and then I'm resentful and frustrated that I burnt myself out and blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. it's really my bad boundaries Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. and I see that a lot in people right and then you get in therapy and you're like oh they do have some responsibility and I do have a right to be frustrated. However, some of that was, was on me and I wasn't asked for. And so therapy allows you to find that space. And I think that's where freedom comes from is you can forgive and move forward and repent of your own stuff. And, and instead of holding on to that, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Wh- what are some of the, so we're, we're talking about it, but let's be a little specific. So what do we see clinically um, diagnoses or, or whatever in, in people around or the people with chronic pain, mental illness? Depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, um, a lot of sleep problems. Um, God, that's the worst too. And unfortunately, that battling, sometimes addiction, sometimes it turns into addiction, sometimes it's just figuring out how to how to keep it from turning into addiction when pain medication is what you have to have to yeah. have any quality of life. And doctors, I mean, <clears throat> not being a hater, but doctors mm-hmm. pass it out like candy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting better. Right. But there's a long season where somebody, you go to the, you say, oh, I was fr- fractured my foot. And people are like, here's 20 Lortab or here's, you know, mm-hmm. Oxycontin or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have a pandemic of people getting hooked on that stuff and legitimately needing it. You know, legitimately right. not wanting to be in right. pain, trying to function, trying to go right. to work. And another piece of that that I see um, is they legitimately need it, but their family does not want them to be on pain medicine. Yeah. And so they feel guilty for taking something mm-hmm. because it does alter 
who they are. Yeah. And, you know. Well, they're altered one way or the other, right? Right. And then they, so they're struggling with, because a lot of times in those situations, the pain is just a, I mean, the pain medication is just a, um, it doesn't alleviate the pain. Mm -hmm. It just reduces enough for them to do things. Right. And so you take that piece away and then. They can't do anything. They can't do anything. So it's like, okay, do I literally live in isolation mm-hmm. and do nothing and be in a level 10 or more pain all the time? Or do I take these, this pain medication that allows me to get to a five and do some things and have some quality of life? But then you have your family or other concerned parties like saying, we don't want you to do that. We don't like it. You shouldn't do, you know. Yeah, you seem so drugged up. Score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that goes with um, that tracks us back to grief and in that that uh, stage of acceptance mm-hmm. of helping people realize, like, no, you know, this is what it is, right? For now, right? And and mm-hmm. let's be together in this moment, in this season, as mm-hmm. it is, instead mm-hmm. of trying to get back to what it was or push past really quickly and get into what hopefully will be, right? And one thing that piece a piece that a lot of people don't know that you can get from counseling is someone to try to help you figure some of that out Mm -hmm. without because when you're on pain management they're not helping you figure it out they're just telling you this is what you can take if you go over this we're taking your medicine from Mm -hmm. you but if but you it's a whole system yeah i mean i have lots of clients where we chart out what their pain level is when they're taking medicine, what they've been doing, what can we do when the medication that you're prescribed doesn't last the length of time in between when you can take it mm-hmm. instead of trying to take more or doing, they do lots of creative things to try to make it last. It's like, let's figure out what's going to help your body without abusing it. Yeah. And so, you know, whether that's, um, doing different exercises. A whole lot of these people go to physical therapy and they know some things or can ask for physical therapy again to learn things that help relieve that or if it's doing shorter intervals of work around the house or if it's supplementing with an inflammation medication in between. You know, it's like Let's play with this and figure out what can you do to help yourself mm-hmm. not do this. Absolutely. And so that can be a big thing. Yeah, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I was thinking about before we were doing the podcast was, you know, lots of families get stuck in this trap of um, medication and then addiction and then shame around, you know, taking the medicine Mm-hmm. And there's not really, like you said, unless you come into therapy, there's not really a system set up to help you manage all that. Right. You know, there's no like, hey, here's a treatment plan around this and we're going to check in. And right. And so you're right. Like people coming in and being able to walk those out with a clinician who's not their family, who's not going to blame them, who's not going to shame them, mm-hmm. who's not taking care of them. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Right. Yeah. You can sit down with your mom or your dad or your husband or your wife or your sister or your brother, whoever, and try to do this same thing. But then there's a there's a selfish negotiation that's going on where it's like, it's not really for you. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. you're withholding, they're withholding, they're mm-hmm. asking for too much. You're asking for too much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
And so to be able to do that in here is, is a huge space for people mm-hmm. so they can kind of get a clear line on, okay, what's, what's right. the truth? And I have had it work out where some people see I didn't have to take that. Like when they start charting it out, they're like, I don't have to have this one at this time. I really can just take ibuprofen or Tylenol and it'll get me through to like, we figure out some things that keep them from having to be medicated all the time. Yeah. And then there have been some situations where there's nothing that helps. Mm -hmm. And so we figure out how to, how do we deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. And then they're able to, uh, I've worked with a couple of times where it's like, you know, Oh, my kid's baseball thing is this or my, you know, I want to be fully present for this and I don't want to be on drugs and I don't want to feel like loopy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you gotta, you gotta compromise and figure out right. like, okay, I'm going to be in this much pain for a while and then I'll take it. But then I get to be present for this event and, and all oh, that's just so hard mm-hmm. right? and exhausting right? on everybody. Mm-hmm. And then an, another piece that I just want to interject is sometimes you're not on pain medicine, but you're on medication that causes you to have brain fog mm-hmm. or, um, just slower decision-making capabilities and uh, for whatever reason, that's the side effects of the Mm -hmm. medicine that treats like for arthritis, you're not always on pain medicine, but you're on these high level inflammatory type of drugs and they, they mess with you. Yeah. Like rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. I have several clients with that and, and you know, the timing of how to get all that stuff going right and not swollen and yeah, it messes you up. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then it's, it's learning how to work with that, with that person when they're in that state of mind, you know, and oddly enough with those illnesses, with things like rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, weather plays a big part. So not only does the medication, but cold fronts and storms play with it like exacerbates the brain frog mm-hmm. and that stuff. So it's like learning them in the condition that they're in. So, you know, okay, today's not going to be a good thinking day for them. So we're not going to ask them these hard questions today or have them make decisions about yeah all these types of things today. Yeah. I, I think that really puts in a pic. I mean, and there's so many people that are in this category. Mm-hmm. Like, is it more people than not? I mean, I don't even know. Probably. Yeah, I mean, probably probably more people than not are in a state of chronic pain or in pain. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a, man, such a spiritual conversation around like, we tend to, and at least I know I do, tend to want the fireworks show, the event, the meaning, the magic of life. And I think what's so hard about any of this stuff and this could apply to addiction, this can apply to depression, this can apply to any really mental health issue, is that we're so selfish in the sense that, like, you're taking away from me living out my biggest dream now. You know? And I get it. There's there's grief and there's suffering in that. And I'm not saying there's not. But at the end of the day, that that's kind of where our hope is in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, is that no matter what we do now, it's not going to be heaven. We're, we're to bring as much of the kingdom of God to earth now as possible. But the reality is, is like it, we're in the not yet. Mm-hmm. And so learning to like be in the moment with people and for it to be good enough mm-hmm. and learning to find these spaces in which like, okay, we hung out, we had time together, we laughed and it lasted 15 minutes good. And then another hour's bad, but that was enough. Mm-hmm. Instead of I go in with these expectations of I want 45 hours that are good. 
I'm going to get one hour and it's going to be great. And then you get mm-hmm. 15 minutes and it's mm-hmm. now you're depressed and anxious and miserable because it wasn't what you expected. Right. And so teaching people and walking people in therapy through mm-hmm. how to hold space, I think it's so vital and important. Right. And I think some of that comes, from, I mean, we live in a society that says you have to be on all the time. You have to be this. And so I think Pro- it's producing. Right. And yeah. I think you have to remind yourself that 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 really isn't real yeah it's good <laughs> you know and yes. but i think it's because it sur- surrounds us on a regular basis it's challenging to make sure you are checking yourself for okay wait a minute nobody ever said this person was supposed to do all of this right they were doing it and now they can't so let me have some grace for them yeah that's good that's a great point. I mean, and social media and, um, t- you know, television and movies and film would say all of these things, you know, are what you can achieve and attain and get. Mm-hmm. And when people are doing everything we want them to do and, and, you know, and then all of a sudden that stops, we get real selfish real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, they're both true. You, you, if you're, if you're help, helping someone with chronic pain, it is all the things we said before are still true. It is exhausting. It is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It is it is taking away from your life. It does drain you and suck you and, and all of those things. And at the same time, we have to be able to find space where that is enough. Mm-hmm. And where, you know, they don't they didn't want this either. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't choose to hurt their back. Right. You know, and I often try to, not always in the counseling room, but just in general, when people are in that space of caring for someone else and feeling frustrated, there's always a point where I try to remind them, because this is something that I've just learned for myself, is that the end result is you're not going to look back and say, dang, I hate I wasted all that time taking care of someone. That is not what you're going to think and say. You're going to be like, gosh, I'm so glad I got to spend every moment doing everything I can. So it's like you got to look at the the long picture, not the moment. Like, yeah, this stinks right now, but one day I'm going to be able to say I did everything I could. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to walk away from situations with less regret. Yeah. Definitely. Or no regret. Well, and I think that, well, man, it's such a, that's such a fine line to walk though, because mm-hmm. um, that's how people tend to burn themselves out as well. Right. As they go, I don't want to have any regrets. So I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Right. You're absolutely right. Yes. And it's, yes. So it, we're talking to two different people. <laughs> yes. So you do have, yes, you still have to care for yourself. That's huge. Yeah. But I think when you're in that mindset of not knowing whether you can do it anymore, that that's sometimes the piece that says, yes, you can, mm-hmm. as long as you're doing this for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't want to leave that part out. It's no, very important. No, I'm just saying as we talk, it's interesting, even as we talk about it, you have to kind of, <clears throat> I think people flow through both. It's so nuanced. It's not black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, you find yourself in this moment of like, okay, I got my head around it. One day, I'm feeling good. I'm gonna, And I think that's what we're saying is you got to take it moment to moment, day to day. Right. You know, maybe tomorrow will be a bad day. And the most that anybody can do is two steps. We'll do two steps. Don't don't get into, I, sh- I did five steps yesterday and I should have been doing 20 steps. And all of that is just going to drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and don't don't look at other people and say, well, they're doing this. And, you know, the measurement game is what burns us out the most, I feel like. 
Mm-hmm. It's comparison and, you know, all those things. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a mess. It is. What, um, what are some ways, other than, you know, the tracking and stuff, what are some ways that you uh, have, it can help people? What can people get help with around uh, this kind of stuff? Um, <clears throat> I think helping them make realistic to-do to do list, mm-hmm. um, figuring out what are the tasks that I do that strain my body the most. Yeah. And figuring out that you can't do all of those tasks in one day, sometimes not even in one week. Um, like figuring out how it, how your pain affects you and how you can break it down to still feel like you are doing things mm-hmm. that you need to be doing. Helping them accept that it's not ever going to look the way it used to look. Yeah. And that, that that's okay. Um, encouraging people to continue to make plans. A lot of people get in this thing where they don't want to make plans because they don't know how they're going to feel that day. Yeah, they don't dream anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but the people who really care about you are going to understand when you say, I just I can't do it today. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, don't cut off your your connections for fear that you may have to cancel sometimes. That's right. Um, have conversations with people about, about that so that it doesn't That's affect French. I know it is. I know it is because that means you have to admit something's wrong yep. and that you're working out and somebody may not fully understand. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to knowing, being centered in who you are so that, you know, the external things like other people's opinions of your truth don't determine mm-hmm. your truth. Mm-hmm. And that's hard too. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of work. Right. Um, just helping people get organized, calendaring things, remembering <laughs> things. So, you know, that's another piece a lot of the medication creates forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. So figuring out what's the best way, you know, to set reminders. I mean, I have people, we're in my, in my office and we're like, give me, let's, let's get your phone out. We're going to set them right oh, yeah. now. Because if you don't do it now, you're going to forget, you know, or your assignment this week is to go get this calendar and then we're going to write on it during this session. Like, Very it's, practical, yep. Yes, but it's like sometimes they can't. You're not able to think through all those pieces on your own because mm-hmm. your mind is so cloudy from the things that you're having to do to care for yourself. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I've worked with so I got a couple right now that yeah, they're like, wait, when was our session? And you know, you know, just remembering appointments and who said what and what we talked about last time and mm-hmm. you know, and then they feel shame. Mm-hmm. You know, because they had a working brain. Right. You know, they're their back hurts or their knees hurt or their ankle hurts or their, their fibromyalgia is flared up or whatever. And now not only does that hurt, but now they can't think and they can't remember. And, and Mm -hmm. you know, that that seemingly has nothing to do quote unquote with the, you know, the pain, but it, it all overlaps. Right. Uh, And in the counseling rooms, we get the opportunity to validate and say, you know, yeah, I I hear what you're going through Mm -hmm. and that's terrible. And, I'm sorry, and no, you're not crazy. This is real, and, um, you know. (laughs) No, you don't need to just get over it. (laughs) Right, yes, you know, because, and you can get in your 
own head so easily and convince yourself I've made this worse than it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Let's back up and let's look at things. You know, let's look at the facts. Yeah. What's really happening. <clears throat> yeah, I hope people see, like, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, whose voice is that? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- whose negative voice is that when you're minimizing and beating yourself up and, and they're like, I've never thought of that. You know, and it's like, yeah, you're, it's not yours. It's not God's. Somebody's, you know, said something to you at one point about suck it up or you're being dramatic or that's too much. And again, mm-hmm. just to tie this in before the injury or the chronic pain, we have our own trauma and story and, right. and shame and, and mm-hmm. stuff that's already unhealthy. Right. And so that just mm-hmm. blows everything out of the water. Right. So you mentioned in trauma throws another thing that I just thought of it is so there are links to people that experience trauma having chronic issues yes. happen in their body. Absolutely. And so that's another piece of counseling is we let's work on the trauma. It may not be able to reverse what's done, but maybe we can help heal the brain so that different messages are being put out to your body. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yes. that piece. Absolutely. Yeah. Because our book, again, that people are probably listening to podcasts hear me say this a thousand times, right? But the, our beliefs shape our thoughts and feelings, which shape our actions. And actions can be symptoms, mm-hmm. like physical sensations, body aches, pain, right? Well, when we're thinking negatively, it really is the way you think really does affect your physical, you know, body. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's going to be shaped by what do you believe about God, yourself, and other people? Mm-hmm. You know, really mm-hmm. those three things. And so, yeah, we can help people to go to tie all that in and rewrite narratives to where, you know, when they look in the mirror and they get up in the morning or when they when they have to do something, that their mentality starts to shape the way their body says, okay, I don't need to produce cortisol. Mm-hmm. I don't need to produce this much dopamine. I don't need to produce this sort of thing. I need to produce serotonin. I need, mm-hmm. oh, I feel better. You know, oh, now I can go meditate. Right. Oh, and then that mm-hmm. releases oxytocin. And then I'm able to take a walk. And, mm-hmm. and instead of building, you know, a house of pain, we're building this house of peace. Mm-hmm. You know, we're able to kind of walk people through but you're going to build something one way or the other, mm-hmm. right? Nothing's neutral. Right. And I think that's what we can help people see is like what in their lives do they need to, um, to start building that's, that's helpful and, and who needs to be out of their life? You know, what boundaries they need to set with mm-hmm. people that are just don't, they don't understand and they're not going to be empathetic and that causes stress and strain and makes the pain worse and down the spiral they go. Mm-hmm. Right. Which sadly, I mean, I was thinking the whole time we're talking like, what space the church has for this, you know, and what, how can the church, you know, we do things for widows and we do things for orphans and we do things, you know, we have these little deacons meetings and all this stuff, but it's like, how could we check out, check on the people that have chronic pain that, that need extra support? So anyway, I don't know what, I don't have an answer, but right. there should be a group. Right. Know. Right. You know, and just like, I mean, I think, Knowing they're not alone is a big thing, mm-hmm. you know, so knowing that I don't, I mean, we just find comfort in knowing that we're not the only one going through something. So like connecting with other people mm-hmm. that may not be dealing with the same issue, but where you can talk about it and not feel crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hate to use that word, but you know, that's no, what that, people feel. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, people do feel crazy and people tell them they're crazy and mm-hmm. it's all in your head. It's mm-hmm. all in your head, you mm-hmm. know, or, you know, and listen, it is in your head. Mm-hmm. 
Like, that's the thing. I, I read this <laughs> thing the other day. It was good. But it was like, you know, people say it's all in your head. And it's like, that's literally where it's at. It's in your mind. That right. doesn't make it not painful. Right. You know, so if somebody's in a state where they're hurting all the time, but it's a, it's a somatoform issue where it's like, you know, oh, I'm thinking about it too much and now I'm hurting physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like telling them it's in their head and just to not think about it, it's not going to be very helpful. Right, right. You know, maybe think about why is it that they're so stressed or overwhelmed right. that they're <laughs> thinking so many negative things that's turning into physical manifestations. Mm-hmm. Right, which is another thing we get to do is teach them how to, you know, give them an arsenal <clears throat> of coping techniques so that... They can shift their focus. They can redirect their thoughts. They can do all the things they need to do to help what they're thinking about and how yeah. their body feels. I mean, just breathing, right? I mean, and that's right. a, I remember being an early counselor thinking the breathing thing was so cheesy. And the, the more I've done this, the more it's one of my favorite things to do mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. You know, there was somebody yesterday that was stressing out. I was like, dude, you're breathing like this while we're talking. Mm-hmm. Stop, you know, take, stop for a second. And right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, breathe, you know, and people in pain, they don't, their lung capacity is super short and small and tight and they don't get oxytocin. And, and I mean, we got to learn to do those things. And, mm-hmm. but man, in, in our Western world, we're so outside of our bodies too. That's the other problem. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, when I ask people like when they'll say they're sad or whatever, and I'm like, okay, where do you feel that? Mm-hmm. They look at you like you have four heads. Right. What do you mean? I'm like, well, just stop for a second and pay attention to your body. Where do you feel that sadness or that Mm -hmm. grief or that anger? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's in my throat or it's in the back of my head or it's right here in my forehead or it's in my gut. Mm -hmm. Right. But if we're in chronic pain, it's so acute, we lose all that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, those those tools really help people to be able to calm down. and, And that really does help with the pain. It does. The physical pain anyway. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> um, excuse me. Well, any other thoughts, comments? Um, I mean, just I actually that piece you were just speaking of the where we carry in our body. I actually have multiple clients that we're doing EMDR, hmm. and they are becoming much more aware of when they're stressed out they're cluing into where it where is it happening in my body and how is that affecting because one of the people i'm doing emdr with has chronic pain right so she's recognizing where when she's stressed what it's triggering where it's triggering in her body yeah and so we're talking about that and we're focusing on it and um, I had another client this week, like, just say, after we did EMDR last week, I had this and this and uh-huh. with pain. And that wasn't even the area that she had identified as feeling it in her body. And then when we did it again this week, same area. So I'm like, okay, this is the area. Right. <laughs> you know, and so I think that is an important piece because relieving that, like you just said, it doesn't take away all the other elements of the pain. But if you can keep that, you know, if you can work with the areas you know you can find release in, then that's going to help your overall body. Absolutely. And sometimes that's the goal. It's not, you're not going to get rid of the pain, but it's how can I, in the control that I have, reduce as much as I can. And I think that's where people will start to find peace in their pain is that they feel some semblance of control. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because in the beginning, that chronic pain is just there. It's overwhelming. It overwhelms the senses. It overwhelms your systems, your family systems, your work systems. And so when people get in a spot where it's manageable, Mm -hmm. it's not that it's over. It's not that it's not going to hurt. It's not that it's not toxic and horrible, Mm -hmm. but it's manageable. Right. You're like, okay, I I got this. It's going to suck. And there are going to be days where it's really hard, but it's manageable. And I think that's important because I think it takes a long time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many pieces you have to figure out. First, you have to get the diagnosis. Find the right doctors that treat it. Find the right medication regimen. Then you have to start figuring out your own body. And so it can take a long time before you get to that place, which can be defeating. Well, yeah, because you're stacking things on top of each other. It's not right. now just the injury or right. the, the pain. Right. It's all the systemic shame and brokenness and mental struggles that are, that get dumped on top of that, that when you're four years in or five years in, you finally figure it out. Right. And I got to deal with all the extra crap that, right. you know, the society put on you that wasn't supposed to put on you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would remind people as you're helping people um, is to, you know, do no harm. Yeah. You know, yes, you can have boundaries and yes, you can be frustrated, but go to therapy yourself. If you're helping somebody who's in chronic pain and you're burnt out and frustrated with them, go to coffee with somebody, go, you know, do what you have to do and, and check in with somebody and work on yourself so you can keep helping somebody else. Mm -hmm. Because lots of times people legitimately are are just doing the best they can. And Mm -hmm. there really isn't anything else they can do. Right. Right. You know, whether that's a mental illness or whether that's a physical pain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would be nice if they could do something else. But in maybe a degree or two, they could. But in, in the way that you think that would be relieving to you, that, that huge degree that would let you off the hook, that's probably not possible. Or they would be doing it. Because mm-hmm. trust me, they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to put people out. They don't want to, you know, they don't want the malingering and all that stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And then you flip it and go, well, yeah, but it is really hard. Cause I'm playing devil's advocate here <clears throat> for the person who's like, yeah, but I'm here sacrificing. I'm not sleeping. I, I do have all the boundaries. I am taking care of myself and they're still smoking or they're still drinking mm-hmm. or they're still overdoing it every day. And then I got to pay for it. What would you say to that? Well, okay. Now that's hard. Um, <laughs> well, but that's a reality. I mean, is, we see that in our is. office a lot. Like it sounds, all this sounds great, well, Clinton Brandy, but like, but that's that piece of control you don't have yeah. that we all struggle with because we think if you would just do this, it would change it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just, sometimes it's just recognizing another person maybe isn't going to do it the way we want them to. Mm-hmm. And what we would do or what we think is best, we can't make somebody else see that. Yeah. So then do we have to like double down on our boundaries? Do we double down on our self-care? Do we bail completely? It's going to depend on the situation. Yeah. And what that, if that situation is bringing harm to your life, you do have to evaluate Mm -hmm. and reevaluate and figure out how can I be a part of this without it hurting me? Yeah. Um, in those ways. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say it's such a fine balance because also, as Christians, we're called to suffer and mm-hmm. carry, carry burdens and, and mm-hmm. bear each other's you know wounds mm-hmm. and all these kind of things. And yet, there is a degree in which that's not the case. You're mm-hmm. right. 
Um, I think sometimes we hear that and go, oh, well, then I have to burn myself out and die for this person at every turn. No. (laughs) And that's not actually what Jesus did. Mm Mm-mm. You know, he, he went to the cross for sure for all of us, but he went in a very specific time at a specific point for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. There are many opportunities where he slipped out the back and, and did not go to the cross. You know, the, the, the Romans came for him or the people, the Jews came for him and he was like, yeah, it's not my time yet. Mm-hmm. I think we got to find that balance in our own lives as Christians. Like, okay, yes, I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to serve and I'm going to hurt with you, but it's got to be best for me and you at the same time. Does that make sense? Absolutely. <clears throat> And I think a key point is coming from it out of love, not obligation. Mm, That's good. So then then you have to do work on yourself to get to that place. Yeah. Because then it's not the same burden to you. Man, that's so good. And, you know, that's that authentic living, right? Mm -hmm. Not being passive-aggressive. And not being aggressive and domineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm finding that middle ground of like, before I go say yes to this, am I saying yes from a pure heart or as pure as I can get to a heart? Have I prayed about it? Have I sought counsel about it? Have I used my supports? So yeah, then when I say yes to it, I'm not resentful and all bent up after doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like, okay, I'm going to help this one time and that's going to get me what I want, you know, and then you do and they don't appreciate it and now you're mad. Right. Or, you know what, I don't want the stress of it, so I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to help and I'm going to tell them what to do and they're going to take the medicine they're going to do this thing. And then, boom, that blows up. Mm -hmm. It's going in, being like, okay, I know who who I am. I know who they are. We're going to do the best we can in this situation with very little expectation. And whatever comes of it is going to be enough. Right. And then we'll do that the next time and the next time. I'm not saying that's easy, right? No, the ideal. No, I'm just sitting here thinking it's so relational because if you don't have a good relationship with that, person but they're your parent or they're oh man someone who raised you or they're your spouse and yeah they didn't take care of you their whole life right and now you're having so to, it I, yeah i think there are just there's a lot of pieces to this mm-hmm. and it's not always going to work out as easily as like what we're saying no it's <laughs> not know? black and white <laughs> you know it would be ideal that we could all be able to come from a place of love but it's not always going to be that way because every relationship isn't that way yeah but i think the control you have is you get to choose if you're going to be in that relationship authentically or not yeah sure you know and you you'll screw it up like we all do and mm-hmm. we all make mistakes and we all go oscillate between those two passive aggressive and aggressive modes mm-hmm. of relationship whatever it is but i think stopping to look at ourselves and look at our own hearts and look at our own agendas for why we're helping and why we're serving and why we're doing things is super important and, and same thing if you're in chronic pain like you got to think that how difficult it is for the people around you to help you you know and not be the complete victim although you are suffering in a victim mm-hmm. and also realize like you know this is not as easy as it is and so i gotta i gotta i gotta find where i can not just fall at everybody's you know mm-hmm. help but i can do what i can do mm-hmm. and so yeah if they're, if they're helping me and they're saying cigarettes are probably killing me, and that's stressful and emotional and overwhelming to see. I might want to figure out how to get some nicotine gum, and you know, I mean, there's these things mm-hmm. that people have to take responsibility for. Sure. And I get it; they're in their pain and they're suffering, and so they they want that little thing that this control or little relief or whatever. But if it's at the cost of everybody around them, you know, it's a messy thing. This, <laughs> this chronic pain, Brandy. It is. It is because it's it doesn't just affect one person. 
No, it's very systemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same could be said with certain chronic illnesses. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you may not be, your body may not be in pain, but you are not able to do certain things or should not be doing certain things for your care to keep that illness in check. Mm-hmm. And you know, when it comes to that, we're just sometimes we're just not very disciplined people. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and we don't want to do those things. Definitely. Or we just haven't worked out the deep comfortableness with ourselves and emotionally and to be able to. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there's been times where I've been sick and I'm I'm the worst because I, you know, JC jokes like I don't get man colds like I and if I'm laying down I'm dying. You know, and that's not a good thing. And that's not a pat on my back. I'm just so stubborn and I feel so guilty about being sick that I'll be like, oh, I'm fine, you know, and my back's hurting. And I'm like, you know, but that's not good for me either. Then I'm not letting her take care of me. Then I'm overdoing it. And then I end up getting sick and falling apart. And then she's got to take more care of me. So it's this fine balance of like, okay, how do I trust her that when she says, go lay down, I've got this, that's okay. And not feel guilty about being sick or being hurt. But man, it's crazy yeah. all those emotions that come up for us when we get sick or we get hurt or we, mm-hmm. other people have to help us. Mm-hmm. There's this weird tension right. that comes up. And I think every experience that we have with that is an opportunity to bring it to therapy and to go, hey, when I, I just had the flu and I found myself like not wanting anybody to help me or feeling guilty or asking everybody to help me way too much or whatever the situation, however you work it out. But like those are things, they're not nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're nuggets of attachment and attunement and getting our needs met and deep parental issues that are going to play out if we don't deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I think we covered it really well. What do you think? I think so. You got anything in your notes that you want to, that we didn't cover? I was looking at my questions. I Let's think we see. nailed it without <laughs> me having to ask them. Um, I think the only piece I would add is like based on what I see in my office and what I've experienced in life is when once someone has, and I don't want to say this to like dishearten anyone, but it's kind of like once you have chronic pain, you're eventually going to have something else. Mm-hmm. It's like it gr- not grows, but it doesn't limit itself mm-hmm. to just that being the only thing. Right. Um, now, I'm sure there are cases where, yes, that pain is just Morphs. that pain. Yes, but like with the arthritis and fibromyalgia and, um, I yeah, those are the two that pop in my mind. Those create, seems that lots of other things, because those are autoimmune. Let mm-hmm. me say that. Autoimmune stuff, once you have one thing, it seems to grow into other autoimmune things for sure so so it's like being prepared for this may not be the end of yeah what's going to happen to my body absolutely yeah i think that means you know getting a good getting a good supportive care ahead of time getting good doctors Mm -hmm. i would say that i would recommend too if you're out there and you don't feel like you're taken care of switch your doctor right find somebody else you know Mm -hmm. find somebody who's understands trauma-informed can can understand all of these pieces and that's you know that's one again that's one of the reasons we do what we're doing here with the integrative wellness stuff is you know you go to a doctor and you have this one problem and they just treat that problem mm-hmm. and they don't prepare you for what's going to come out of it 
you know, you mm-hmm. have a miscarriage and the doctor's like, okay, we'll do this. But they're not like, by the way, you're going to have some PTSD like symptoms. You're going to have some trauma. The next time you have a period, you might get really upset. Like they don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we have to advocate for ourselves. And I think at least here, we, we have that system in which we have doctors that we refer to that do look at it holistically and that we'll look at your pain chiropractors who are working with you and go, you know, like Jenna and Hey, your shoulder's hurting, but you're also talking about how anxious you are and how nervous you are. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to make your shoulder pain worse. And so we need to work on breathing and you need to go see Brandy and you know, mm-hmm. there's that overlap that we have to do in the medical field. So yeah, it's a great point that if you're out there with one thing, don't allow people to keep you in that box, mm-hmm. find people who, who will see you as a whole person, mind, body, and spirit, and who will refer you to other people. And and if you're a professional and you're listening to this and you're like, yes, I wish I had that, like call us, email us, you know, whatever, let's find people in your area. But, but I I challenge you to like pursue that. And I know we're all busy and we all have clients, but man, we can do such a better job of seeing people as whole people and having a system in our city and in our town where people get referred. And so, everybody's working and that reduces the pain and the suffering of everybody around. So I think that was a great point. Good stuff. Okay. Appreciate you so much for coming on. Thank you for letting me come. Absolutely. Um, If you're listening, still listening to us, um, thanks for listening and we love you guys and um, we just want to continue to put out good content. So um, if you have any um, podcast you'd like to hear, feel free to email us. Several people have done that last couple weeks at clintdaviscounseling at gmail.com. Or if you see us posted online, if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, um, please share the videos, you know, tag us, comment, let us know you're liking it, watching it, go to our YouTube page and subscribe, write a review on iTunes. All of those things can help us so much to, uh, to put better content out. And, uh, I'm going to have some more stuff coming out on Patreon at some point, whenever I get my life together. Um, but we appreciate you guys and God bless and see you next time.